of the Black Retreat. I am your host, Misha L. And I'm here with a very special guest. I know all of my guests are very special. We love them to death. But I am here today with Miss Tensi Taylor. Hi, hi, Misha. <laughs> hi, everybody. <laughs> I am so excited to have you here. Let me adjust me a little bit. There we go. I am so excited to have you here. First of all, okay, if you guys don't know Tensi, Tensi has a very extensive resume. Um, for one, I was like, I was telling you earlier, I was like, Tensi know everybody, <laughs> and she done done everything. In my eyes, you're like the networking queen. Thank you. You're so welcome, and I just, I love that. I love that we are here. Yes. And y'all know, I like to start the black tr- retreat off with how we met. Yes. So, <laughs> Tensi and I met. I feel like it was. 2020 yes it was it was 2020 we met through a mutual friend um it was at an event at USC yep it was with Nate with Nate Parker yes and I was like oh my gosh this is so great (laughs) because look I am very new to meeting famous people so I was like Mm -hmm. oh this is a big deal I can't remember what the event was for. It was Nate Parker has a foundation where he trains black and brown students Mm -hmm. to do their own film. So they direct, they produce. And so Nate Parker came and talked about the foundation and had several of the students there. And for the life of me, I was like, I cannot remember because I'm elderly and it was (laughs) was three years ago. (laughs) A lot lot happens in life. A lot does happen in life, but I'm I'm very thankful that we met. And one of the things that I love most about you, again, like I was saying earlier, like you are everywhere, <laughs> everywhere doing everything with everybody. Like, how do you feel about just, um, I would say being outside? <laughs> like, how did you, we'll, we'll work up to that question. <laughs> But, like, do you feel, um, like, social anxiety? That's that's one of my biggest issues. So, like, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I don't have any social anxiety. I, I love meeting new people. Yeah. And I'm um, an extrovert. Yeah. So that's where I get a lot of my energy from. Mm-hmm. And I'm from North Carolina originally. And I remember when I left, um, people said, I know Tensi's ready for L.A. Yeah. L.A. ready for Tensi? And I was like, wow, but I have just been that type of person that mm-hmm. I have to be in the know. I yeah. like to be out and about and surround myself with positive-minded people. So yeah. to see where I am today, and when I first moved to L.A. in 2012, not knowing anybody, mm-hmm. came out here for grad school to get my master's at USC, mm-hmm. and now I'm out here, have gotten my hair done by Beyonce's mom and kicking it with Barry Gordy and okay. Debbie Allen. Yeah. I pinch myself, like, is this my life? But mm-hmm. I'm thankful for everything. So yes. to kind of get rid of that social anxiety, just put yourself out there. Yeah. Say hello. How are you doing? Network. Because that's how you meet people, and that's how yeah. people get to know you. So, But pause. Um, so Miss Tina did your hair? Yes. Take me, take me, <laughs> take me through this moment. <laughs> yes, I am happy to share it. So... I have seen Miss Tina at a lot of Hollywood events for years, mm-hmm. and they had a play at their um, theater here in North Hollywood. The Waco Theater? The Waco Theater, okay. yep. 
And I was so mad because I couldn't find parking for this particular play. It was mm -hmm. Vanessa Bell Calloway's one-woman show play. Okay. And I said, I'm going to circle this block one more time. And yeah. if I don't find parking, I'm going to go home. So a car was leaving. I'm like, okay, it's meant for me to be here. Okay. <laughs> so I get to the event. It's about to start in a few minutes. And I go into the theater. And I'm like, oh, I have to go to the back. Like, I wanted to sit up front, up front and close. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, okay. So I go sit in the back. And then this gentleman behind me tells the two people behind me, he was like, excuse me, um, but I'm going to have to ask you all to leave because Miss Tina is about to sit here. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, Miss Tina's about to sit directly <laughs> behind me. So I was like, oh, is this is working out beautifully. Yeah. So we watched the play. It was really great. Um, Beyonce was there as well. Mm. Um, she was real cool. Mm. And um, as as the play is leaving, now the funny thing is Miss Tina had just spoken at USC for their baccalaureate. Mm. And I said, Miss Tina, I said, you just spoke at USC. I heard you did a phenomenal job. Congratulations. She was like, oh, thank you. Yeah. So, of course, everybody wanted to say hey to her. Yeah. But I just waited for a moment when she was to herself. So I go up to her. I'm like, Miss Tina, if you ever need anything, let me know. I know you just started your own Tina's um, mentorship program. Yeah. She's like, well, actually, I do. She was like, I need some college students to serve as mentors for the middle and high school kids in my program. I was like, well, I'd be happy to help you with yeah. that. At the time, I was working at USC for mm -hmm. the Black Alumni Association. Mm -hmm. And I think she's going to give me her assistant's email address. She was like, no, take my cell. So, like, I'm trembling. <laughs> well, I'm just. <laughs> in my phone. And then she's like, well, let's take a selfie and then send me the picture so I'll remember who you are. What a sweetie. <laughs> yes. My mind would have been blown. Like, I've heard so many stories about Miss Tina, obviously. But the, you know, the resounding is she's such a nice, genuine, yes. kind person. She is. Until you mess with her kids. Oh, right. Don't okay. play. Don't, don't play with her don't. kids. <laughs> Anybody in her circle, because she will come for you. Yeah. But she was so sweet, and I took her number, and I texted her the picture, yeah. and we stayed in contact. And I had our USC students serve as mentors for the kids in her program, and she was so thankful to me for that. I told her about a book that mm -hmm. I had written, my yes. story, Bullied from Terror to Triumph, my yes. survival story. Mm -hmm. And she purchased copies of my book for the people in her program. And one of the things my dad taught me at a young age was yeah. exposure. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, especially those from marginalized communities, yeah. they don't see people who look like them. They don't see doctors. They don't see um, actors who look like them. So yeah. I wanted to expose these kids to what college life was like. Yeah. And so we had homecoming at USC, and all the kids got to stop by mm -hmm. our tailgate. They got to have the good old food from Doolin's, from Crenshaw's mm -hmm. Soul Food. Um, they got to meet the president of USC at the time. And I even had a partnership with athletics Ooh. where they had tickets to the football game. They were able to go into the field before the, Again, the game. you just – no <laughs> air. You all around USC. <laughs> all around USC. <laughs> They got to go on the football field, high five the yeah. players before the game. And then I had their uh, name on the Jumbotron. Yeah. And Miss Tina was so appreciative of Tensi. it. And she was <laughs> like, Oh, Tensi, thank you so much. Yeah. She was like, you know, if there's ever anything I can do. Well, a lot of people didn't know that Miss Tina used to be a hairdresser. Yeah. And so I was like, Miss Tina, I would love to put these highlights in my hair. Yeah. And she was like, I'll do it for you. So <laughs> She 
put the highlights in my hair. And it Get was Get out of here. And she posted it on her Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even ask her to. She just posted it. And people were texting me like, um, is that you <laughs> on Miss Tina's Instagram over here? I'm like, yeah, it is. Tins. <laughs> First of all, Miss Tina, if you're taking clients <laughs> and you're in the LA area. <laughs> But you see what happens when you open your mouth. Yep. And I feel like it's absolutely you were right place, right time. Exactly. And then all of your expertise and just knowing people and knowing how to talk to people. Yep. And not being afraid to do that. I just, Tennessee, okay, I'm kind (laughs) of, I'm a little bit starstruck. (laughs) I feel like I got my hair done by Yes, that was, and I remember it was ripe, it was 2020, Uh, it was Mm -hmm. actually 2019, December 2019, because that's when the pandemic happened in 2020, Mm -hmm. but I got so many compliments, she put these gorgeous gold highlights in my hair, even curled it with her um, curling iron, and we did a whole video together, she was just so sweet, and I got so many compliments, and they're like, who did your hair, and I'm like, Beyonce's mom, they're like, no, Tinsy, really, they like, Tinsy, first of all, (laughs) what you're gonna do is stop lying, (laughs) Let's just start from one. (laughs) I love that, though. And then, so, of course, you know, she was working with, well, you were working with the USC Black Alumni. I was. Because were you still working there um, when I met you? I was. Okay, Mm -hmm. so, and you worked there for seven years? For seven years. And how was that for you? How did you even, like, get started actually working with them great question so i got my master's and graduated in 2014 Mm -hmm. and this is you will hear this theme a lot in the interview for me Mm -hmm. put yourself out there yeah and so when i was about to graduate i was just utilizing my network because i wanted to stay in california Mm -hmm. i didn't want to go back home to Uh, north carolina same (laughs) (laughs) i had really fallen in love in la and I was talking to professors, um, people who were really instrumental to me at USC. Mm-hmm. And one of these ladies, Dr. Corliss Bennett, shout out to Dr. Corliss. She shout was out. telling me that the, the Black Alumni Association was looking for a manager. Mm. And she was like, you know, I'm more than happy to put in a good word for you. Put in a good word for me, came yeah. in for the interview. I remember it was on a Tuesday, mm-hmm. and they said they were going to get back to me by Friday to let me know, and they called me the next day oh. and extended <laughs> the offer to me. And that's how I got started with the Black Alumni Association. And I was manager, assistant director, and associate director, respectively. And I brought in a lot of my Hollywood connections, Miss Tina. Mm-hmm. I brought Nate Parker into mm-hmm. the organization. Kiki Shepard came into the organization. I just brought my Hollywood life to academia and they were able to see the work that we did with the Black Alumni Association with raising Mm -hmm. funds for scholarships for black students to make sure that they stayed in school and graduated. Um, Because of my connections in Hollywood, um, a lot of the students volunteered for events. Yeah. Robbie Reed. Yeah. And one of my students volunteered at an event and. Now she's producing her own content, has worked with great actors in yeah. Hollywood. But she was like, I met these people at this event, Tensi, because of you. John Singleton at the time, God mm, rest his God, soul. Yes. F. Gary Gray. Like, these were people at uh, Robbie Reed's event that I introduced mm, my students to. Yeah. And so I feel like I've been so blessed yeah. because I like to be a blessing to others. Absolutely. And I would just like to encourage everybody that's listening to watching to this if you have the power or mm-hmm. the resources to change somebody's life, yeah. do it. And I Absolutely. feel like sometimes 
people feel like, oh, if I help her, she's going to exceed me. Mm, no, what is no. for you is for you. Yeah. And I feel, feel like that's why God keeps blessing me because I just love to be a blessing to others. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love that. Because, <laughs> <laughs> of course, like you get so much out of being a blessing to other people because I, I feel like this is such a it can be a competitive type of industry. Oh, yes. And because that was one of my issues not when I got here but when I was kind of like in school and we were about to graduate and stuff and I was like oh my gosh like everybody else has already done this like and Mm -hmm. I like like where am I supposed to fit in here Mm -hmm. and it's like they say comparison is a thief of joy so you just gotta do your own thing and I I love that you made your own own way and you really just carved your own path how do you think because okay this question keeps coming up in my head and I'm trying to make it make sense when did you kind of start making connections or like when did you establish yourself in the Hollywood scene yeah so it's around 2013 Mm -hmm. um I'm the type of person that just has to be in the know yeah and um people were telling me about different things to subscribe to like seat fillers Mm -hmm. so um if you ever want to get into a big Hollywood event be a seat filler so I was a seat filler for the Grammys Mm -hmm. uh, the Emmys the Oscars and that's kind of how I started to establish myself. I remember the first year when I was a seat filler at the Grammys, I networked my way into the after party. Oh, <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> I was inside some music executive. Yeah. And he was telling me where there was some after party. And it was at, um, uh, what's the, Gina, not Gina, um, Tisha Campbell Martin and her mm. husband at the time. They used to have a club in um, on Sunset. Okay. And so that's where the, one of the after parties was. And I networked and got myself in there. You I was met, up in there. Ooh, I ooh, was. Ooh. I met Tamara. <laughs> I met Taylor. Oh. oh. <laughs> nah. Yeah. I yes. love that. So, yeah. And I like the way I felt. Like, if you were to ask my mom, I've always mm-hmm. been the glitz and glam type. As yeah. a child, I had to make sure my socks match my outfit, my belt. What a cutie. I just, <laughs> I like that type of stuff. Yeah. So, LA was a good environment for me. Because Absolutely. I like being in front of the camera. Yeah. And, um, and then I went to this other event, and I tell people, you never know who's watching you. Mm-hmm. And this lady had been watching me the whole time. Yeah. And she was like, excuse me. Um, have you ever considered red carpet hosting? And I said, no, but I have my bachelor's in communication. Mm-hmm. She was like, I've been watching you, your personality, the way you've been interacting with people. I think you could do it. Yeah. So she gave me her card. I mm-hmm. followed up. Always make sure you follow up. Mm-hmm. People give you a card. And I've been on 300 red carpets ever since. Oh. So you never know who's watching you. Yeah. And you want to make sure that when that opportunity comes that you're ready for mm-hmm. it and that you follow up and you do a great job. I would also volunteer at Mm -hmm. a lot of Hollywood events. I remember there's this organization called the African American Film Critics Association. Okay. And I first started as a volunteer. Yeah. So I had my black gown on, but I was on my knees um, filling gift bags for Mm. gifts for the talent and everything and going around and setting it on the chairs. Mm -hmm. But I showed up early. I did what was asked, Mm -hmm. went above and beyond, and then I sent a thank you note. And a few years ago, I have been the um, trophy presenter for the award show. So presented Angela Bassett, yeah. Will Smith, Ryan Coogler, 
you name it, I've had the pleasure of being on stage presenting them with awards. So That's awesome. to think that I was a volunteer, right? Literally <laughs> on the ground, yeah. making these gift bags, and now I'm on stage presenting right. Will Smith with an award. Yeah. It just goes to show when you put in the work and mm-hmm. you don't think too high and mighty of yourself mm-hmm. that anything's possible. So I always try Absolutely. to remain humble. Yeah. And it's service. Yes. Like if you can do the small things, you can do the big things. Absolutely. And I, anyway, I'm going to say I love that like a billion times. <laughs> <laughs> I love all of this for you. Thank but, you. um, Goodness, I lost my train of thought. Give me one second. Sure. I, might sip on this I was going to say, oh, absolutely. I was going to say, so initially at some point, were you going to teach? No. So when I okay. got my master's, I always wanted to work in like the administrative side. Okay. Um, so my parents were Cause your parents, Because your mom is a librarian. Yes. And your daddy, uh, if I, he did African-American lit. Yes. And French, yes. and I'm missing one. And English. English, okay. Yes. <laughs> you did your homework. I did. Yes. <laughs> I <love that>. yes. <laughs> so I was like, if it in my brain, I was like, well, why, why didn't she teach? Yeah. So you know, I've always had the teaching bug in me, but mm-hmm. I, like I said, after I graduated with my master's degree, I just wanted to get a job to mm-hmm. stay in California and to be able to work for the Black Alumni Association to help my people yeah. was just really phenomenal. So yeah. I didn't teach like in a classroom, but I yeah. taught my students life lessons, how to network, how to go after the job they want, how mm-hmm. to believe in themselves, yeah. how to have that professional development, how to manage your finances. Like mm. These are sessions that I would have monthly to help students because I directed our mentorship program. Yeah. Where every black student at SC had the opportunity to be mentored by a black alum. Mm. And so in their particular industry. So yeah. whether it was film, whether it was finance or um, the medical field, I would pair them with the black alum. Okay. So I would also teach them different things. Yeah. And I just get so many emails from students or I see my students on social media one of my students I got her her first Hollywood red carpet event I love and that. now she's interviewed and every interviewed everybody from Maya yeah to, I saw her on Good Ooh, Morning America yeah I know. I just saw her performance somewhere on Twitter the other day. And I was like, Maya look good. She does. Okay. She does not age. No. Yes. I'm like, I need to eat what she be eating. Because <laughs> <laughs> I need to, this fountain of youth that yes, she has. She yeah. looks great. She does. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I just like to, even though, like I said, I wasn't a physical teacher, mm-hmm. I still taught a lot of life lessons yeah. um, to people. And I just have my dad and mom to thank for that. I had mm-hmm. very high expectations in the Taylor household. Mm. And at the time, I thought they were strict and they were asking a lot. <laughs> but now I thank them because yeah. I can talk to anybody. Yeah. Whether you're famous, whether you're the custodial worker, mm-hmm. I talk to them like they're a human being because they matter. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I feel like a lot of people, unfortunately, will see somebody as an opportunity and mm. think, oh, they can't do anything for me and kind of dismiss them. Yeah. Not knowing that, first of all, you should treat them right. And secondly, you don't know, they might be able to help Exactly. You. But you should just be treating people right on GP. Exactly. Because <laughs> you're supposed to. So. <laughs> but it was it your parents that got you into the piano? Yes, it was. <laughs> so my dad always wanted his children to be very well-rounded. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my brother played piano, so I was his shadow growing up yeah. everything he did I wanted to do so he played piano so then I was enrolled in piano lessons so I played um took lessons for about four to five years mm-hmm. and then once my music teacher retired I learned how to play by ear so mm-hmm. I can read music and play by ear mm-hmm. um, and I sing and I play trumpet oh yes <laughs> <laughs> you a whole little <laughs> band 
Now, I knew that you were a pianist, but I did not know you played the trumpet. Yeah. Did you do that? When did you learn that? I started that in middle school. So my brother played trumpet, yeah. and I wanted to learn, too. So sixth grade, Tara Lane Middle School, Mr. Yeah. Brian Miller was my teacher. And mm. so I learned how to play trumpet, played from sixth grade all the way to 12th grade. And again, just started picking it back up again during the pandemic. Yeah. I never lost it. I still had it. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like when you're well-rounded, yeah. it makes you more relatable to Absolutely. people. I remember interviewing somebody on the red carpet. He was a music executive. And I was like, oh, I play piano. He was like, no way. So this <laughs> opened up a whole nother conversation. And yeah. You just never know how you can relate to somebody. But the more well-rounded you are, mm-hmm. the easier it is. Absolutely. And on that note of being so well-rounded, you are also an author, a best-selling author, and your book, I have not read it, I'm so sorry, (laughs) but it's called Bullied, Mm -hmm. From Terror to Triumph, Your Survival Story. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. So I was bullied from kindergarten through 12th grade, physically, yes. Yes, it was bad. All of my years in school, physically, verbally, emotionally. Don't make me cry because I will cry. Um, Hold it together. (laughs) (laughs) But I was bullied by students and a teacher in school. Um, I was just that straight-A student. I was that overachiever, and students didn't like me. And it always perplexed me because I'm like, we have the same teacher. We have Mm -hmm. the same coursework. I'm making straight-A's. You're failing, and you don't like me? Mm. And I was the one that would try to help students with homework and yeah. be their friend. But they would, like, snatch my paper and toss it around the classroom. And one teacher in elementary school, she was teaching a lesson on math. Mm. And she said that there were 13 ounces in a pound. And I raised my hand, and I said, um, there are 16 ounces in yeah. a pound. And she got upset at me. She was like, I'm the teacher. I ought to know what I'm talking about. It's not 16 She ought ounces. to, but... <laughs> But she didn't. Yeah. (laughs) And so I told her on the page, well, page such and such says it's 16 ounces. And she sent me in the hallway. She made my life miserable. And my parents had to finally have me removed from that classroom. So I knew at a young age I was different. Like when I was in the first grade at six years old, I read 108 books. Mm, And the books (laughs) range from like 100 to 700 pages. So I opened my mind up at a young age. I left the country for the first time when I was 16. Where'd you go? England, Ireland, Wales, and Scotland. It was a program for high schoolers. And I was the one selected from my county to go. Dope. to, To uh, learn about different cultures and customs. Yeah. But I say all this to say that that's part of the reason why I was bullied. Mm. Because I was very ambitious. I was very outgoing. And the students didn't like me. They felt that I was taken away from their shine mm. because of the grades that I made. I've always been petite. My parents didn't allow me to have uh, name brand clothes or shoes mm. at the time. So they made fun of me mm. for the shoes that I wore. Uh, I used to be very self-conscious about my eyes because mm. they're big. Um, students said I look like a frog. <laughs> Big eye club over here. <laughs> yes, girl. My, my eyes are also big. <laughs> and they're beautiful. Yeah, so are yours. <laughs> it took me a while to finally accept that because mm. to hear every day you look like a frog, people would say, Tensi, don't look at me. You're scaring me. Your eyes are so big. I even had somebody who I thought was a friend say, you would be pretty if your eyes weren't so big. <gasps> Yeah, I mean, it was bad. And then I was physically bullied. Um, Students would push me. Um, On awards day, they would kick my trophies. I had my arm almost broken. 
it was bad. And so I contemplated suicide at 16 mm. because of how bad the behavior got. But thankfully, I didn't do it. And in that moment, I said, I'm never going to give another human being that much power over me yeah. when I want to take my life. Yeah. And I flipped my mindset. I'm like, if they're upset that I got five awards, mm -hmm. where they're going to be really upset when I win 10. Yeah. Days. And so that's how I just had that extra drive in me. But thankfully, I had a strong support system at home. Yeah. Because a lot of kids who are bullied today are bullied at school and at home yeah. and on social media. Yeah. So Ooh, social media. I uh, that's I say often, like, I can't imagine mm -hmm. having grown up because Facebook came out when I was like 16. Mm -hmm. So I it was definitely nothing like this. I can't even imagine. Yeah. So I'm so thankful that I didn't grow up in that era. But yeah. I decided to write my book and tell my story yeah. in 2016. So 2015, I started writing. Mm -hmm. And I said I gave birth to a book because it took me nine months yeah. to write it. And it's been an Amazon bestseller. Yeah. I've spoken in Dublin, Ireland uh, for World Anti-Bully Forum, talking about my story, mm -hmm. giving resources to other Several celebrities have endorsed my book. Devon Franklin, mm -hmm. Jane Kennedy. Mm. Like I said, Miss Tina bought copies of yes. my book. Um, even Boris and Nicole uh, Kojo gave me a shout-out on their Instagram page about my book. That. So, I've, And I didn't ask them. That's the thing. Like yeah. That means these celebrities are following me yeah. and just reposting Absolutely. what I share. So I just wanted to tell my story to give hope mm -hmm. and encouragement to the young people. Yeah. And whether you're bullied or whatever your challenge is, don't be the victim. Mm -hmm. Be the victor. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes in our society today, people just always want to be the victim. Yeah. And we all have challenges. That's okay. Yeah. But what do you do from those challenges? Do you rise or do you stay put? Mm -hmm. Excuse me. So I, I'm the type that just loves to rise to the challenge and just really give people something to talk about yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> you're like, y'all was going to talk about me anyway. Right. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> but that's so cool that you were able to flip it. And then, because I would imagine, you know, going through something like that would make you kind of introverted, like, and be more in your shell. Do you feel like there was a specific thing that happened or, like, a moment that, it made it clear to you, like, I am actually not supposed to be living in this, you know, darkness. You know, it's interesting because I was exposed to so much as a child. So mm -hmm. I started speaking when I was three. Yeah. So I would go to different churches and recite the Lord's Prayer. Come on Prayer. now. <laughs> and then when I was five, my dad taught me that I have a dream speech by mm -hmm. Dr. King. So I would go around to different churches and yeah. recite that. So I've always had, like, an attention on me mm -hmm. um, as a child. So I'm very extroverted, but at the same time, like being in the public doesn't sway me. Yeah. But people, how they treated me yeah. really started to affect me. But that's why when I had that moment when I almost took my life, yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to give somebody that much power over Absolutely. me. And that was at age 16, and I've never looked back. Yeah. And the, and the unique thing is a lot of the kids who bullied me, they see me on social media, they follow me, and when I was on Wheel of Fortune, oh, I went to school with her. Why was you on Wheel of Fortune? In 2014. Really? Yes. How was it? It was great. <laughs> it was great. Another dream of mine realized. Yeah. So I've been wanting to be on Wheel of Fortune since I was five. Yeah. And my mom and dad would, when I would watch the show, they were like, two letters would pop up mm -hmm. and I knew the puzzle. Mm. And I told myself, I, I even remember at my going away party yeah. in North Carolina, I said, I'm going to try to be on Wheel of Fortune. Heck yeah. Everybody laughed. 
Two years later, guess who they were watching spin uh, on Wheel of Fortune? So I love it when people <laughs> laugh, yeah. doubt, criticize me because yeah. I just do it. I don't need to make a long Facebook status about the haters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just do it and I work in silence and yeah. I show results. Oh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Look, <laughs> now, heck, I might need something aside from tea after this. All this tea. I love that, though. How, you know what? Did you win, though? I came in second place. Okay. $5,250. Because, you know, we always rooting for everybody black. Yes. I was, <laughs> I was hopeful. But, um, but the cool thing is that the wheel weighs 2,500 pounds. So it's very hard to spin. Really? And one million people audition every year <gasps> and only 600 make it. Ooh. So the fact that I made it on the show was winning enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you kind of give me this energy like you're one of those people that's like, I'm going to just do it. Oh, like, yeah. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a do anything that I want to do. Yep. Like, I'm just going to put myself out there because I'm like... Like, well, I, I think ready. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, okay, now, now I can do it because everything, you know, is kind of laid, <laughs> laid itself out. And God done been like, uh-huh. I told you 700 <laughs> times ago to do that. What do you think it is that motivates you? It's my, my parents. I yeah. give a lot of homage to them. My, one yeah. of my dad's favorite uh, quotes was, nothing ventured, nothing gained. How yeah. can you gain something if you don't venture out there? Oh, I know that's so right. So even when I was in college, I've always been my own person. Yeah. Um, there was this great program called Chancellor's Aid mm-hmm. where the chancellor of the university had college students who served as like people who networked yeah. and, and entertained the guests and the chancellor suite. So I had several friends. I'm like, let's apply for this. I'm like, I ain't doing that. <laughs> so I ain't putting myself right there. Yeah. Well, I did it yeah. myself, got it. So I'm chilling courtside at the basketball games. Mm. I'm having shrimp and steak in the chancellor's suite. I'm mm-hmm. eating VPs and presidents yeah. and organizations. That's actually how I got one of my first jobs in college. Yeah. Being one of the chancellor's guests. So then I've always been the type to post. Yeah. So when I'm posting all my pictures, mm-hmm. chilling courtside, they're like, how'd you do that? I filled out the Chancellor's Aid application. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you could have been there right with me. Yes. So I have, if, if you don't want to do something, that's fine. Yeah. I'm going to go for it. Like, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And I feel like that is why I've been so successful. Mm-hmm. Because there will be times when everything will be lined up perfectly. Mm-hmm. But there will be times when it won't be. Yeah. And so that's the time to still jump in. Heck because yeah. you don't know the right person you might meet who can help you finish what you've started. Mm-hmm. But I would just sell, tell people, go after what it is you want. Yeah. Don't wait for people. Don't try to have a crowd with you. If you have to go solo, go solo. Yeah. Because. It got to get done. It has to get done. And somebody going to do it. It might as well be you. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So you, again, queen of networking. Yes. So if you had, let's see, top three networking tips, what would they be? Yes. So the top three networking tips, I would be follow up. Okay. So I mentioned that earlier, Mm -hmm. the importance of following up because you can get that person's business card, but if you don't follow up, mm-hmm. what good is it? Yeah. So if you have the business card of an executive, let's say from Disney, mm-hmm. and you don't follow up, you have now closed your chances of possibly working for the company just by not following up. Mm-hmm. And also when you follow up, make sure you follow up within 24 to 48 hours. Okay. Um, because people are busy and you want to make sure that you're memorable and mm-hmm. still in their mind. So follow up within that time frame. Mm-hmm. 
The second bit of advice is to be yourself. Mm. Be yourself. I feel like that's why I have been so successful in life yeah. because I never changed who I was. Absolutely. Um, I still say my yes ma'ams and no sirs mm -hmm. here in L.A. When I first got here, people were like, I'm not old. I said, I didn't say you were old, but yeah. I'm just being respectful. Yeah. Um, I please and thank you. Mm -hmm. I still have that. So sometimes people try to put on airs or change who they are mm -hmm. to try to fit in. And people can sense when you're not being you. Yeah. So stay true to you yeah. um, and never change who you are. And the third advice I would give is to do your research. Mm, so mm -hmm. if you're going to an event, a networking event, see who's going to be there. Look mm -hmm. them up on LinkedIn. Look them yeah. up on Instagram or Facebook. And so if you do have the chance to get to know them, I, like, I'm impressed that you've done your research no. on me. <laughs> I have had experiences where I'm interviewed and I'm like, wow, did you even look me up Right. At all? <laughs> and so you asked me. Right. right? Yeah. So you have done your research and yeah. that carries a lot of weight. It mm -hmm. volumes of how you take pride yeah. in the work that you do. Yeah. So do your research to see who's going to be there so mm -hmm. that if you get a chance to meet that person, like, oh, congratulations on your Grammy nomination or congratulations mm -hmm. on your book you just wrote. Yeah. Everybody loves a compliment. Mm -hmm. and so that's a good way to break the ice. Yeah. I was going to say, because that is, oh, I get so, like, apprehensive even if I know something about somebody, I'll be like, oh, they don't want to be bothered. Or like, oh, I don't want to, you know, like a hundred people want to talk to them. Like if it was Miss Tina, I probably would have been like, you oh, yeah, I would have been like, oh, OK, well, I'm going to get on up out of here because <laughs> I don't want to bother her. Well, I encourage you to shift your mindset mm -hmm. because I feel like we always are quick to go to the negative. Yeah. I don't want to bother them. Or what if it doesn't go right? But what if you've switched that and say, well, what if your interaction with them changes their life? Yeah. Like Miss Tina. Ooh. I mean, I helped her get college students, black and brown college students, to tutor the young kids in her Absolutely. program. I was able to help her with something. Mm. Um, so it's all about mindset and perspective. Yeah. Instead of saying, you know, what if they say no? What mm -hmm. if they say yes? Or yeah. what if they say maybe not right now? Right. But you never will know unless you try. Right. So I'm such a positive-minded person. Yeah. So that somebody can come at me with all the negativity in the world. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, but what if it does? Yeah. Or what if it happens in the near future? Mm -hmm. Or if they say no, that's okay. There are billions of other people on yeah. this planet who might be able to help. Yeah. But it's like you will never know unless you ask. Absolutely. And I'm a big quotes person. And my mom says, you have not because you ask not. not. And Ooh, I have yeah. asked for many things. Yeah. And I've been surprised that a lot of people have said yes. Like when I asked Devon Franklin if he would um, endorse my book, mm -hmm. he said yes. When Jane Kennedy, I asked her, she yeah. said yes. A Carl Anthony Payne, Cole mm, Martin. Carl, yeah. He, I asked him, he said yes. Yeah. That's beautiful. But they could have just, I could have never asked. And yeah. They could have never endorsed it. Yeah. But I asked and it worked out. Because I'm so, ooh, I'm, I'm working on it, but like getting over rejection. That's a part of life. Mm, and I just be like, I don't think I can handle this. No. Like, I just, I don't want to look. <laughs> We've all been, I yes. still get that too, but. Rejection is a part of life. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's yeah. going to be rejected in some place. Yeah. So, and then too, kind of the more you get rejected, the more it builds your tough skin. Yeah, that's you know? true. I don't need any more tough skin, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I will say, one thing that I love about you, I in my brain, and just like seeing you post all the time, it I'm like, Tizzy is like a super host. 
your <laughs> like because I was even a little um I always research my guests obviously but I was like no I gotta make sure <laughs> with tents because we uh, look she do this so <laughs> And I, I respect you so much. And I think it's a beautiful thing to see you move through the industry so seamlessly. Thank you. And people love you. And I feel like that speaks volume to, volumes to who you are as a person. Yeah. And, I, and it's not that they just, like, see you and they're like, oh, yeah, like, she's all right. <laughs> but, like, they genuinely latch on to you. Yeah. And I just, um, like I was saying, I just feel like that, it's just because of who you are. Thank you. I try to be a light. Yeah. And it's so funny because um, a lot of celebrities I now know, they know me. So I'm yeah. at an event. I was at an event a few months ago, and Vanessa Bell Calloway was like, hey, Tootsie. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. Did Vanessa Bell <laughs> just say, hey, Tootsie? Yes. And I think that your role is so important because – like I was saying earlier, you're in the entertainment industry, but you're not an entertainer. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times when, uh, because one of the biggest reasons I started the Black Retreat also was because <clears throat> when I was moving to Cali, um, it was such a like, well, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? And I feel like a lot of times if you're not an actor or a producer or a writer, you know, or director, like something big, people feel like, well, what's there for you to do? Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's, a bunch of stuff that (laughs) I can do. And so I think even people that are like background people make so much noise. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we just look at the people that are in the foreground and it's like, nah, it's a whole bunch of people that make this person look good. That make these people look good. Somebody has to push these people. Yes. And I, you're just, yeah, you're, you you that girl. (laughs) For Thank real. You. you know what? I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm just me. And mm-hmm. I think about like who people who have done me wrong in the mm-hmm. past and not knowing who I am. I remember there was this one event I went to and mm-hmm. this lady thought I was trying to take all her celebrity connections and everything. And one of the persons who knew me said, no, just look at her Instagram. Yeah. She doesn't need anything from <laughs> you. And that was when Miss Tina had just done my hair. Yeah. I had just seen Barry Gordy. Shamar Moore was there. Like, So she's looking at my page and thinking that I was – trying to, you know, hobnob to try to take her. But mm-hmm. I knew a lot of the celebrities yeah. there. But that just goes to show she didn't do her research. Yeah. And there's a way to approach yeah. people about it. And she had an attitude. And then when she found out who was in my circle, mm-hmm. then she tried to backtrack. Oh, Tennessee, let me take you to lunch. And I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> I was like, let this serve as an example. Yeah. Of, you never know who someone is. Exactly. So I'm, I'm not famous. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to know me on the street. Mm-hmm. But when you look me up and yeah. see who I know, it's yeah. like, oh, but yeah. that's why you treat people with dignity and respect. I have another story for you. Mm-hmm. I was working the red carpet premiere for um, The Perfect Guy. Mm-hmm. So I was waiting for Michael Ely and Sanaa Lathan to arrive. And I was just talking to this gentleman on the carpet. And we were just chit-chatting. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody else had their gowns on and their suits on. And he just, you know, looked casual. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think anything of it. But we had a great conversation. And I was like, how's your day going? And he's like, I'm tired. I'm a bit jet lagged we've been doing on this whole premiere I okay like, oh okay mm-hmm. well what role do you play in the movie he was like i'm the producer mm. now i'm like what if i had been rude to him because he wasn't dressed up as much as the yeah. others 
Um, that and then that would have not turned out that so great. Exactly. But we exchanged contact information, and he went on to um, produce the show Black Love. Oh, on the Oprah Winfrey Network, yeah. And he came to USC. Yeah. And brought some of the Black Hollywood talent with him yes. and other people on it. But it's just you never know who you're talking to. What a small so world. Just yeah. Just be kind. Yeah. Or if you don't know them or don't like them, just leave them alone. But I feel like sometimes people just deliberately want to be rude to somebody. Yeah. Not knowing who that somebody is yeah and i think a very important lesson in that is what god gives you can't nobody take it away so like you so she's so worried about what you doing like girl i got mine you get yours (laughs) and you know what i also have learned misha yeah is that that's projection yeah when people say certain things like oh you're trying to take my connections in their mind that's what they're probably trying to do which yeah. is why they're saying it yeah i come with a pure heart mm-hmm. like if i want to help i'm going to help mm-hmm. and i'm not trying to get over or get anything from anybody but i've noticed that a lot of times when people do certain things or say certain things it's because they themselves yeah probably do it like you over here being a villain right and i <laughs> worried about you right <laughs> but okay okay so we're gonna well, not a game, but okay. <laughs> I'm going to ask you five rapid questions. Okay. And these, uh, dang, I forgot to talk about you being a freaking world traveler. <laughs> I was going to say, well, all of these questions have something to do with you. Okay. So just whatever the first answer that pops into your head is, we're going to go with that. So there's five. So the first one is, what is your favorite country that you've ever visited? I would have to say Switzerland, and I was just there this summer. Ooh, fun. Okay, second question. Your favorite home-cooked meal? Favorite home-cooked meal is, ooh, okay, so uh, yams, collard greens, mm-hmm. mac and cheese, and smothered chicken. Ooh. Smothered fried chicken. Sound good. Okay. One thing you've done on vacation that you would never do at home? One thing I've done on vacation that I would never do at home. That's a good question because what I would do on vacation, I would you do You said I would home. do everything everywhere. Yeah, I'm really an open book. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I guess the cool thing is like every country I go to, I do a headstand, but I do a headstand back home too, but. Tiffany, that's so random. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. But I'll be like, it's with headstand in Switzerland, headstand in Germany, headstand in New Zealand. Do you have like a collection oh, of yeah. them? I do. Do you, do you post them? I feel like I ain't never seen you I've doing no headstands. Look back on. some of my ins- pictures from this summer because I did in Switzerland and Germany. Okay. I <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Okay. Your favorite celebrity interview. Smokey Robinson. Mm. And he was such a joy and a delight. Come to find out he was from North Carolina. Uh. Had North Carolina roots. but he And we had the same outfit. We matched this at the same colors. Black and red. Black and red. I was yes. going to say, because I saw... <laughs> I saw that. Yes. <laughs> That's so cute. I was just watching um last holiday the other day. You know he has where he be singing and stuff. I'm like, look here, and oh, because he performed at the Grio yes, Awards. He sure yeah. Did. So. Yeah. Okay, and the last question: If you could summarize 2023 in a song, which one would it be? Ooh. Um. That's a great question in a song, 2023. I had some highs and I had some lows, mm-hmm. 
um, I guess break, Beyonce's break my soul. All right now. You know, well, despite the, the lows, you're not going to break my soul. I know so that's I right. kept it pushing. So I will use that. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to B. Yes. <laughs> and her movie just came out. It sure did. And I am going to go see it. Yes. So I, but this has been an absolute joy. Oh, and yes, I don't <laughs> I don't know if you watched the Black Retreat or not, but I always end it with two questions okay. that I ask every single guest. Mm-hmm. So the first one is what is your personal motto? My personal motto is I use the motivation from others to see me sell. Let me start again. Okay. My personal motto is I use the motivation from others who wanted to see me fail as more fuel to see myself excel. Ooh-wee. So when people wanted to bring me down, I'm like, oh, you're just going to get more of this tense. I know that's right. I know that's right. Y'all been a mess with tense. And the last question, if you could teach a master class on anything, what would it be? I would teach a master class on networking. Mm. I would really say. And I would go. <laughs> <laughs> I just look at my life, and I've met more than almost 600 celebrities. Mm. I have a whole album in my phone, um, from Oprah to Denzel, Mm -hmm. Beyonce, Jay-Z, you name it, I've met. And I'm like, wow, I'm from this small town, Lewisburg, North Carolina, population of 3,000 people, where we maybe have six stoplights. And now I'm kicking it with Beyonce and Oprah, you know? But it came from networking and being true to who I was. So I would definitely teach that master class. I love that. And I absolutely love you. I'm so thankful that you graced (laughs) the Black Retreat with your presence. Thank you for asking. (laughs) Absolutely. Wonderful host. I'm so glad that we met. And y'all, sentimental. This is the last episode of the first season. It has been. An absolute joy meeting, and not meeting, but just um, getting to know my guests more. Because, like, you meet people, we see each other at these events and all that stuff, but then you get this opportunity to really dig into somebody's life and just see what makes them special Mm -hmm. and what they offer you and just society. And just as a black person, it just fills me with so much pride to have all of these beautiful people and then to give me the opportunity to sit and talk with you about your amazing life. (laughs) (laughs) I just really appreciate it. And I just, again, I just thank you so much for coming. You're welcome, Misha. And I wish your podcast continued success. Thank you so much. If there's ever anything I can do to help, let me know. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank y'all so much for watching this episode and this whole season. And I will see you guys back here for season two. Bye. 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 (laughs) Ha 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 ha!